0: Welcome to In Case You Get Hit By A Podcast with Abby Schneiderman and Gene Newman, co-authors of the book In Case You Get Hit By A Bus. The odds of getting hit by a bus are 495,000 to 1, but the odds that you're going to die someday? Exactly. Enter Everplans, a leading company in digital life planning whose mission is to help people prepare for the unexpected. Abby. The co-CEO and co-founder of Everplans is an industry expert in the areas of digital estate planning, technology, and consumerism. She has been featured in the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and CNBC. Jean serves as Everplans editorial and education director. He has spent his career as a writer, editor, and content leader for various media outlets. I'm your host, Angela, and today we'll be talking about organizing and storing your digital keepsakes.
1: Here's something I was thinking about, Abby. I read a story, you know, how we, we lost Bob Saget, which is a huge tragedy. Watched him pretty much our whole lives. And uh, someone who was on a show, I forget who it was, she said that she didn't want to mess at all with her phone or even read his old texts because she's worried she might delete them. Which is an interesting thing because I'm, I could see not wanting to, you know, worry about that. But how do you think... Any of these issues of having, like, sentimental messages or voicemails on your phone, like, factors into a person's life?
2: Well, I was thinking about it the other day because I was looking at all of my – I have, like, 500 (laughs) voicemails on my phone that need to be deleted. And every so often – I mean, not really 500 because my phone probably wouldn't work, but – I I was looking at them um, and trying to delete as many as I could. And then I realized that the reason why I have so many is because I tend to keep a lot of the recordings from not recordings, but just the voicemails from my parents. And I have a few voicemails from my husband's grandparents who I'm really close with. My grandparents are, are, they're not alive anymore, but his grandparents became like my grandparents. And so I treasure those voicemails and I keep trying to remember to save them. I realize, though, I think I can export them from the iPhone. So I don't have to be so worried about it anymore, but I have like three gems of you know, I don't know, voicemails where they called to wish me a happy birthday or called to, to congratulate me on the launch of the book, or they were like totally with it. Um, Ben's grandmother was totally with it until the day she died. And so um, I do think that people, if they, if they can think about it, it's a good idea to just, mm. right, save some of those
1: that's that's good that that, that's a great and you mentioned about the export because i had to do that i was kind of forced to do it because when my phone service was changing to a different platform or a different provider they said you might lose your voicemails so i kind of panicked and at first i remembered the old days where i'd actually hold a tape recorder up to an answering machine to have that uh now i don't know where those tapes are or how to actually access those tapes even if i did have it uh But then I started to use the voice memo or recording on a phone to start finding ways like how could I play this message and now you can download them and people would have to look it up. You just go to Google and say how do I keep my voicemails and there's ways to download it as a file and then I saved them on my computer in a bunch of places because I realized that's the thing with my mom. She always left messages and when she left messages it was either very much hi call me like every time there was never a hang up like I never leave a message to anybody ever. So in a way, it was almost good when I missed answering the phone at those times. So I got that message, and now I have it. And it's true because that voice—you lose it. And backing it up. Once you have it backed up, I mean, people wonder where you put it. I mean, for me, I'll have one locally saved on my computers. Like I'll, I overdo it, and then I'll like have an old Dropbox that it's still like under the storage because these messages take up like zero space. They're not like videos. Uh, Dropbox. Google Drive. I
2: actually I actually think I like keeping them on my phone, Jean. I think I like keeping them on my phone because sometimes I just go in and listen to them. Even, you know, my parents are alive, but it just it's or my grandparents like um, my, my husband's grandparents like I was saying, sometimes I just go in and listen and I'm like, "Oh." But the other the other thing is the other day we were driving, we had a really long car ride because we were driving from New York to um, actually from Connecticut to Washington, DC, and it was taking us forever. And so we were trying to think of what what would be interesting for us to do right now. And I don't know why my my 10-year-old started talking about my grandmother and she was asking about her. And I was like, actually, we have an audio, uh, uh, an oral history that we could listen to for two hours, all about Grandma D, and so we started playing it, and it was incredible. Um, I guess a long time ago, we had paid for her. This was my grandmother, my dad's mom. Um, we called her Grandma D, and she was the most incredible person. And we, and she had the most incredible memory. She she came here to the United States from Russia. Um, and so she, we did an uh, oral history with her, where we hired somebody to come and talk to her for many hours and produce a recording of her answering all sorts of questions about her family history, her life, what it was like coming here from Russia, and it was just unbelievable to be able to go in our car, listen for two hours, and and have my daughter learn all about Grandma D.
1: But that's what's interesting to think of. Other ways people did it, like thinking about digitizing certain things like wedding videos, like if you had a confirmation bar bat mitzvah, those types of things, uh, other events that are probably sitting somewhere that now, like, why wouldn't you just put that on your phone or have it somewhere that you can access it?
2: Yeah, I I mean, I I have two cherished photos, actually, one's a photo and one's a video of my brother and before he died. And the first is the only picture I have of him with Winnie, who was one at the time, because my brother died two days before her first birthday. So wow. he, we, we have a picture of him feeding her in her high chair. That's the only picture I have like that. And then we have this video of him on Thanksgiving. We were all around the Thanksgiving table. She was at our Thanksgiving for the first time. She must have been like four or five months old. And he's like sitting there like this, like having her dance on the table going like, oh, Winnie, Winnie, you know, it was, it's the cutest video. But those are the, that's the only video I have with him of her. And that's the only photo I think I have of him with her. And I, those are like, like if I, there was one day where I couldn't find the video and I spent like three hours going through every single thing, trying to find it. I was in a panic, but those are the kinds of things where, you want to make sure you're saving them somewhere because from time to time you want to go back and look. And then I want to make sure Winnie has that photo at some point.
1: This gets back to the whole, the thing at the beginning with, with uh, the, the person, the friend of Bob Saget and worrying that if I touch this text message, what are the, can I delete it? will something go wrong? How do I make sure it's backed up in other places? And I think that people need to research what to do with text messages because there's certain ways if you sync it with your computer and once it's synced on your computer, you just don't touch it. So even if you delete it on your phone, all those messages will be there. We mentioned in the book about how instead of just, you know, you're on your phone anyway, when you're watching TV and you're just sitting there going through like a season of something, uh, why not make that time worthwhile? Rather than just scrolling, just go through and say, you know, I have 5,000 photos. Maybe it's time for me to favorite some. Maybe it's time for me to delete some. Maybe it's time for me to do that. And the same applies because people, I think, say, I don't have any time to go through these. Like go through the text messages, take screenshots, save those screenshots and say, okay, this was, you know, with my, you know, friend who's no longer around. And it becomes something that you could then feel like you were productive in a time when you normally weren't because i think all of us say we're busy but then a lot of times we're completely wasting and killing time when we could be doing something actually productive
2: yeah but it also doesn't have to be just about getting getting things like photos organized for the event that something happens or an emergency i think it's also practical every day i think so i i did lose a piece of content a file that i need to find oh many years ago probably i don't know a long time ago when i had just moved to new york i was i i was on the show ambush makeover and they needed to find a single person who would be who was willing to to go on the on a show but they couldn't tell me what the show was so my friend said to me i have a favor to ask of you would you be willing to go on a reality show but i can't tell you what the show is but don't worry it'll be totally fine you'll love it it'll be so great so i was like sure so this one day, I walk into my office, and all of a sudden, this whole camera crew comes in and is like, guess what? You are on Ambush Makeover. And I was like, oh, no. I can't
1: believe it. They- not. <laughs> oh, we are finding this. <laughs> we are finding this. We need to find that. And that is a perfect example.
2: I think I don't really store my digital keepsakes in as good of a way as I would like to. I think that I know what I should do, but it's hard to do it. So little by little I I I try to I, I try to make a dent, but I mean I just I don't really. I have I have everything on my phone and I have everything on my phone backed up in the cloud, but I don't really and I have I also use Google Drive, but I don't have a I, I don't have everything organized as best, um, as well as I,
1: I should. I actually followed what we did in the book because I figured since we were writing it, I had to actually do it. And it was not fun, but I did it. Cause when I was writing the concept, cause a lot of these things we had to confront for the first time too, because we've talked about like a lot of organization and getting documents and things like that. But it was the, you know, I'm a huge, uh, I'm really interested in like digital hoarding. Like I, I love watching hoarding shows for physical hoarding, but I love the concept of, All this thousands and thousands of files and bits of data, millions of data, that, that just kind of sit invisibly so you don't think it's a mess. But really, it's much more than what you have in your home, in your life, everywhere. But since it doesn't take up any space, you just kind of leave it alone. So one of the things I started with, which, and we mentioned in the book, is consolidating everything down to a manageable level. And it doesn't mean delete things. It's like, where is everything? I had old computers I hadn't rebooted in forever. I had old hard drives. I went through every single hard drive. Anything that was meaningful on it, I took off. And I said, OK, this goes in a file on my computer. That's a photo. That's file. Everything else reformatted it. That hard drive's now garbage. From there, sorting on the computer down to like what photos matter, how do I get it all into one space? So in a way, it's like funneling it down. And I realized I had a ton of Dropbox accounts. Consolidating all of those down to one, taking all that information and putting it in places where I do pay. And right now, a lot of it's trying it out. Like iTunes, uh, iCloud is a dollar a month for 50 gig. I never want to exceed that. If I'm exceeding that or their price goes up, I'm off of iCloud. And then uh, through Amazon, if you use Prime, you get free photo storage unlimited. And then also Google, you get a limited up until I think it's like 15, 17 gig. Which is a lot for most people. For Google One, it's around twenty dollars a year for like a hundred gig. And for me, I feel like having these redundancies. Which one will be the one that kind of wins out? And it will be something that is an on. It's not a. It's not something you you finish.
2: But I think that's a good point, Gene. I think I think like even even taking an hour maybe, and or even half an hour, and just jotting down or figuring out where you might even have those accounts.
0: We're pretty much everywhere you are. So follow us on your medium of choice. Everplans on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And you can find the full video of our podcast at Everplans' YouTube channel. And of course, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and let us know what else you'd like to hear about. See you next week.